Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Running in Place podcast, the Gen X take on a millennial world. My name is Jack Rolf, and with me tonight from his villa in the Bordeaux area of France is... May we, uh, Craig Shepard. <laughs> oh, sorry, you've totally thrown off my mojo now. No, I enjoy... <laughs> sorry. Hey, thank you for coming tonight. Um, we're excited to said. be here. <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. Well, I mean, it depends on how much you pay. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Mm. No, once again, we're here to um, speak about our, our favorite generation, the millennials, and how much good they're doing for the world and how much we really appreciate their input and how if we could put them all in a boat and take it into the ocean and sink it, we probably would. Um, yeah, if we keep shitting on millennials every episode, it's gonna we're going to have a hard time getting one of them to come on the podcast with us. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking about an interview the other day I, I, I know a guy who's he's a millennial and he's actually a really interesting and, and kind of educated guy and he's a neat guy and he he ha, in some ways he, he both defends millennials and gets very kind of upset when we bag on millennials but then at the same time he gets it and he sees a lot of it because he's got you know I think he's got older siblings and his parents and such and so I have thought a little bit about you know how would we do that if we did bring somebody on so maybe that's something we think about for a future episode. All right. So let's keep our millennial trashing to a uh, to a respectable minimum. Yes. Now we'll be good. So tonight we want to talk about low hanging fruit. The, the lots of stuff has been spilled on this. There's lots of YouTube on this. There's lots of stuff going on in the world about this. And that's movies and music. And and that's very kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, have you seen the the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt? No, I have not. All right. So I don't if, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, Nikki Six has written a couple of books. He was the or is the bass player um, and lyricist for Motley Crue, and he wrote a book. I'm, I'm shocked that he is actually literate. I, you know, and the funny thing is, he's very literate, and mm. and you'd you'd be surprised. Um, so he wrote a book called The Dirt, which was all of their crazy stories about sex and drugs and all of the craziness and stuff like that. But he also his first book, which believe it or not, Nikki Six is a um, New York Times best selling author. Wow. He wrote a book uh, called The Heroin Diaries, which I I got on Audible and I've I've listened to about three quarters of it and it's it's fucking dark, man. I mean and mm. he's narrates it, so I mean there's a lot of credibility here. And it's it's miserable talking about a guy that descends through heroin addiction and then comes out of it. So wow. big props. I, I Nikki Six is actually I think kind of an impressive dude. That is intense. Um, and, and I had to like, I, you know, I've had some dark things happen. So, I mean, there are points that I just had to stop listening. I'm like, I gotta go listen to something else because this is just fucking dark, man, morbid. Mm. And, um, but he got through it. So great. And so he makes, you know, he, they, the band gets together, even though I suspect it was mostly him and they write a, a book called the dirt, which is all their salacious stories of them being rock stars and which, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then they turn it into a Netflix movie. And so I was watching this movie and it, I mean, I, it wasn't high art. I mean, it wasn't, you know, a clockwork orange or something, but it was a great movie and I really enjoyed it. And there's lots of craziness and it's all the rock and roll excess. And then yes, there's the crazy heroin stuff too. Mm -hmm. uh, but like there's lots, there's just tits everywhere and there's lots of craziness and there's all kinds of drugs and partying and it's just a fun, except for the parts that are really dark. It's a very fun movie to watch. And I enjoyed it a lot. I really did. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. 
And then what I always do is I go onto the internet afterwards to see what the behind the scenes stuff were or, uh, or whatever. And I start reading all these reviews that start talking about how misogynist the movie was. Oh boy. And how there were, there were no named female characters and, and there were no black characters. And, and I'm kind of listening to this and I'm like, yeah, but it was 1986 and it was Motley Crue. Is there like a, is there the Bill Burr of movie reviewers? Is there any movie reviewer that um, is not, has not succumbed to the PC revolution? Not that, yes, I mean, on YouTube, yes, I would say most certainly there are. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's Um, that puppet guy. I can't remember what his name is. I love that guy, Professor Tosspot. He's my favorite. (laughs) He's hilarious. He's absolutely my favorite. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're on YouTube, but in terms of, like, the big media uh, movie reviewers, no, not, not meaningfully. They've all pretty much gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, they're all woke. And it's, it's fine. I mean... Let us make a movie. This is a movie about Motley Crue, which is only going to appeal to kind of a, a small group of people that were alive and really kind of musically aware, you know, sometime between 1982 and 1988. You know, that's going to appeal to that group. So just give us a break and let us have the friggin' movie. Right. But, I'm actually surprised Netflix made it, though, because given that Netflix has gone down the rabbit hole, you know, to a certain extent as well. Well, and the only thing I can think is that they had already secured financing when the Mm. whole Harvey Weinstein thing happened. That basically everything was inked and they had to make it. Yeah. That's the only, because I can't imagine. I mean, there's so much debauchery in this movie. Um, You should watch it. It's, It's actually pretty funny. Um, And there's just lots of craziness and lots of, you know, the usual rock and roll story stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm interested. I'll, I'll have a ticket to check it out. But it, it, it got me thinking about music, and then I was um, running through satellite radio, and then I was running through FM the next day or a couple of days after, and it was just, you know, all of the music was just shit. Except for, and then, you know, some of the classic rock was shit too, but I'm flipping through, and I'm like, Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift, and I, I like some Taylor Swift music. But it She's was... Bad. What's that? She's not too bad. No, I don't think so. Except for her latest album, which was pretty much terrible. Um, I have no idea. I don't know the new stuff. And, and I mean, her old stuff was great. And and there's actually a couple of new songs that are okay. But a lot of the new stuff, like that Look What You Made Me Do song, that is just excruciating. I don't know how that was a hit unless the entire world is on drugs. I dare you to listen to Teardrops My Guitar Without Crying. Oh, it's a beautiful song. That is a beautiful it's song. Wonderful. But you listen to all this music and you're like, and I hate to be the old guy that's like, get off my lawn. I hate to be the guy that's like, all oh, your right. music sucks today. Rock and roll has got to go. But at the same time, I and then, so I was thinking that. and I was, I'd watched The Dirt, and I was thinking about how new music sucks and how, but, but I shouldn't think that because that's what the old people think. And then I went to Target. So my daughter loves Target. That's her favorite store. So I go to Target, and they've got this, shelf and this wasn't for um adults this was the shelf in the kids not kid like the older kids section um clothing and it's like guns and roses and acdc and led zeppelin really it's like a retro thing huh? it was totally this retro thing and and they've got like an appetite for destruction t-shirt and i'm like that's what i got in middle school and here my kids are right next to the video game right next to the zelda and the mario shirts is an acdc mm. black and black shirt interesting 
And I'm like, why do you, you think the kids even know what that is? Or are they just doing it because uh, it seems, you know, retro and cool? Or do you think they actually like that music? I think their parents are turning it on. And, and I think they, I think they might like it. Yeah. Um, cause I know, you know, my oldest son, you know, he's 14. He loves Ozzy. Really? Yeah. He thinks Ozzy's great. Well, my kids all listen to, you know, they all know my, my music too. They all, you know me, I like eighties pop. So like right. hollow notes and stuff. My kids sing along to all that stuff. They know it all. Right. And this is what I listen to. Yeah. I guess that's it. So I, I guess it's just one of those things where I'm like, I mean, yeah, they like the pop stuff too, but it's just. It's all so awful all the time, whether it's Cardi B. Listen to a Cardi B song and you're like, this is, not only is this garbage, even though it's a hit, it's forgettable. You it know, sounds exactly as good as a stripper would make. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> uh, but but pick, the, pick the modern artist that's doing it and you're just like, this is all so forgettable. And yet here we are 40 years late, 50 years later, listening to Led Zeppelin. Here we are. Do you suppose it has anything to do with uh, the computerization of music where everything is like, you know, uh, everything's on Pro Tools, everything's quantized, everything, everything. I mean, I saw, I'm sort of ripping off of a YouTube video I saw recently where where a music producer had the theory that uh, that that's that the computer has taken the soul out of music because everything is. Uh, precisely quantized and you know in, in other words if it's 120 beats a minute your your beats are going to be exactly on the beat whereas you know that takes away some of the heart and soul um, do you think that's part of it it is but I I guess I'm, I'm I don't think the kids are sitting there saying that beats too perfect but is it is that part of what's making it disposable there's another YouTube clip that I I wish I had a portion of it here to play where the guy talks about country music drums and he's like all country music drums are the same. Cause there's like a little, you know, a little snap in every country music drum line and they're all exactly, you know, 96 beats per minute. And then he sits there and goes through, in fact, who knows, it may have even been that same producer who goes through six or eight of the last big country music hits and they all have the exact same basic drum loop behind the song. Really? Yeah. And it was just incredible for me to listen to. And then I sit there and go, yeah, I could see how maybe even subconsciously people go, well, it's all the same anyway. Well, there's also, there's another YouTube uh, clip, which is, I realize we're talking about things and not, and not uh, actually <laughs> playing them for the audience, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, there's a clip where there's like six different country songs that all have the same chord progressions and same beats per minute. And, the, and you just, the, the the whoever made it cuts between them randomly and you it else on that same song well and i heard a, i heard a follow-up to that that when that video got put out in nashville there was like a lot of embarrassment and there, a lot of the record labels got together and were like all right we can't do this 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 yeah, cannot right. be like this we've got to figure this out so our next hits are going to be you know more authentic and then they proceeded to put out the exact same music because it's... <laughs> I mean, the sentiment is good. Yeah, it's what radio stations wanted, and that's what they, they provided. They're like, hey, well, if people want this shit, we'll give it to them. Yeah. And, and you know, there are people that say rock music is dead. You know, if, if you're watching this Motley Crue movie, which, again, I'm endorsing. I wholly, wholeheartedly enjoyed it. It was excellent. They actually seemed dangerous. I'm not suggesting they seemed smart all the time, but they seemed dangerous. But, you know, then comes Bon Jovi, who 
hey, look, girls, they're the less dangerous version of Motley Crue. Um, and big hits and, and very successful, and I'm not putting, I'm not putting Bon Jovi down, um, even though it kind of sounds like I am. But it, rock and roll became less and less and less dangerous, and then, then rap kind of became king. And right now, I would say rap is, I can't back this up, but it seems to me like rap is selling a lot more music than rock and roll is. Well, I think probably rap artists are are now the bad boys, um, where where they're, you know, they're they're not they're not the kind of people you'd want your daughters to date, <laughs> which is how which is what the rock which is what rock stars used to be. Yeah, and you know, I, there was a Google commercial on tonight, and they were playing a Beatles song behind it, and I, I was just sitting there listening to it, and I'm trying to remember the was it the Who that sold to a Nissan commercial that that was like the first major act that licensed their music to appear in a commercial. Mm, and the know. Beatles would never do that. They would never allow their music to appear in a movie um, or in a commercial. And back then, no band would. You would never allow your music to be in a commercial. Right, and, yeah. and yet now, every act wants their music to be in a commercial because you can't sell money. You can't sell records anymore to make money. So you've got to do something with it. You've got to make money somehow. Well, being in an Apple commercial, too, can really launch your career. I mean, not that the Beatles need their career to be launched, but um, I think that's how that... Remember when the first iPod commercials came out and they were that really artsy sort of monochrome? Yeah. And you were like, the people with dancing were silhouetted and that... Um, I, I, can, I can think of the tune in my head, but I think it launched that that band's... Was it OK Go or something? That uh, they, yeah, they got kind of launched by that. You're thinking OK Go, and then you uh, too did... I think for the next generation of iPad or i iPod, yeah. Um, I think YouTube was the artist that got glommed onto that, and I think they actually got a little bit of a black eye over that. But you're right; it was okay. Go. I'm pretty sure it was okay. Go. I think so. Yeah. And it, it's but just yeah. it's just interesting how everything before was meant to be credible. You were meant to be a credible artist. Where today. Nobody cares if you're a credible artist. Sell out instantly. And uh, I'm so, not even sure how they're making money now. Touring uh, and licensing. Uh, okay. And if you if you can get on a TV show like you know the lead singer of Maroon Five, um, you know that's how you can promote your music. But you know actual record sales. And, and you know I'm a subscriber. I have the family plan to Google Music. Yeah, me too. I just don't know. I mean, when I play, pick an album. I'll, all right, pick up um, Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls. I listened to some of that coming home tonight from work. And did they make any money off me playing that? I, I, I just simply don't know. Yeah. Whereas I used to spend hundreds of dollars a year buying CDs. Now the family I'm, plan, you're spending almost 200 a year. I'm spending almost 200 a year, and I have the entire catalog of music in basically in the world that I could get to. Right, yeah. But at the same time, it used to be that I would go buy the Guns N' Roses CD. And when Guns N' Roses came out with the Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, all right, I've got to buy both of them, but I don't have enough money this week, so this week I'm going to get one of them, and next next week I'm going to, you know, so yeah. which one is you could be mine on? Okay, I'm going to get that one first. Um, I don't think they're making any money off the streaming thing, as opposed to when, when you know, people were actually buying music. Well... And something I've noticed with musicians, I mean, because you're a musician and I'm a musician, even though you're more talented than I am. I suck. Um, but it's funny how a lot of musicians now 
can make a living being on YouTube, whereas there sure. isn't much of a living to make recording music. Now, they can go out and have a band and gig live and make some money that way, and then they can make these videos where they're showing off their chops or they're teaching or they're showing off how awesome they are or doing whatever or selling guitars. And, um, you know, the funny thing is, is that that's how they make their music. They're not sitting yeah. there recording or writing songs that I'm aware of. And that's There's a, a dude named uh, Ronald Jenkins who's a YouTuber. He makes kind of like electronica music. He's really good. And um, he, he got his... I, I, I would suspect he's a millionaire by now. And he's just based on YouTube videos. Jenkins? It's amazing. Ronald Jenkins, yeah. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. You, you endorse really him? Good. I endorse him. And actually, he has made CDs and I bought them just because I, I want the guy to be able to make a living making music. I like it that much. I'd, I'd never heard. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's, you know, and to a certain degree, I think that's sad. I think there are bands now that I'll never hear of that might be great bands and they might record their music because God knows recording has gotten easier. Mm. Um, but I'll just never hear them because they will never be on pop radio. You know, how many, I wonder if, you know, pick Sony Music Group, how many artists they have on their label now versus how many artists they had on their label in 1988. I've got to think it's a tiny fraction, but it's just a different business. Yeah. 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 Music is, I, I don't know. And, and then you have the musicians that have just stopped like, you know, P Diddy. What's his name? Um, they just uh, stopped making music because either they can tour or they can go off and do other things to play off the name. But music was clearly just a vehicle to make them a rich celebrity. And then they can give up music because they were never really that tied to it to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what the... I, I can only guess is the motives of most rock and roll uh, stars, but I would think that all of them do it to become rich and famous and get girls. I think some of them actually believe in the music. Um, all right, fine, Rush. We all know Rush, Rush. Is, is the real deal, but they're yes. the only ones. Yes, but they're the greatest band ever. Um, who I am sad they are now retired. Dude, you can't sing that way for your whole life. No, you absolutely can't. But I'll admit I did see them on their last tour, and holy shit, did he sound great. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. It was, in fact, Surprising. it was probably the best time I had seen them mm. uh, was on that tour. They hit, they hit it all. Um, and Neil, the drummer, was the one who said, I just can't keep up doing this anymore. And given how physical that is, I mean, I can understand that. The guy was in his 60s. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. But no, why don't we transition over to movies? Movies, the, another thing that millennials have ruined. Yes. And, and it's funny because I love movies. Now, you're a trained filmmaker. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I go that far, but uh, yeah, I, um, I, do, I did make a couple, couple movies back in the day. Silent short films. Yes. That I got to act in horribly. Yes. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of interesting how you, know, you, you use the phrase, get woke, go broke. I know that that goes around a lot yeah. now. And, um, you know, the, the easy, I guess the easy argument to make here is, you know, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. That's the one everybody says. And I, the reason everybody says it is because it's absolutely true. It is true. I mean, it, it, it's, the, the, cha the change has even been more recent than Blazing Saddles. I don't think you can make Tropic Thunder today. Tropic Thunder is a great example. I, and, and that's just been 10 years, maybe? Yeah, it's not that old. I, I don't think it's that old. Um, but yeah, you got blackface in it. You got retard. Um, yeah. No way could you make that movie. 
you know, but even like the hangover, could you make the hangover today? I, I don't know. It's, it's borderline. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was going back to, and I, I did a little bit of research. Remember the movie, just one of the guys hmm. where the girl, sure the other one. she basically goes in drag as a guy to try to become a journalist. And, oh, okay. um, it, it was a it was a it was a funny movie. It wasn't a big movie by any stretch. This is the, like the around the time of like the Karate Kid. It was that era of movies. Oh, okay, all right. Um, you couldn't make that today or uh, Weird Science. Remember that? What with about Cal- Tootsie? <laughs> I I suspect Tootsie, could you make Tootsie? I don't think you I could know. make Tootsie today. No, I, you can't. You certainly can't make fun of guys who dress as girls. No, that That's, that, that yeah. would be out the window immediately. All right, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, I don't know if that, I don't know if you could do that today. I, I what don't, would people say it's transphobic? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could do that today. Um, it was funny, but you probably could make nine to five. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was sort of. Yeah, you probably um, could make that one because it's it's that, kind of guy hating. It was kind of woke. Yeah, it was kind of woke for its for even, its day. Even for its day, although she did have a gun in that, one, so you could you couldn't have that today. She couldn't have a gun. Um. No, but remember Meatballs? Sure, yeah. Do you remember that? I, I was just... That's where I heard the line, if there's grass on the field, play ball. If that's not a statutory uh, yeah. rape joke, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, since I've become a father, I'm a little uncomfortable with that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, airplane? I watched Airplane. Airplane. What a, oh, yeah, that's a great movie. I watched that a couple of weeks ago. IFC had it um, uncensored. And nice. um, so, like the talking jive. Oh yeah, right. I speak jive. Uh, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of the actress who translated. She's oh god, what was her name? Oh, this is going to bug me now. I'm going to have to look this up. She was like oh, classic TV show, classic TV mom. Right. Um, oh, Cleaver. Oh yeah, June Cleaver. June Cleaver yeah. was the one who's like talking jive when they had she had to translate between speaking English and speaking jive. Which was which was wonderful, yes. and completely undoable today. No, you could not do that. And then they just there were like random boobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And then the gay boobs guy, uh, who's like super effeminate. Oh yeah, right. Uh, you can make a paper hat or a yeah. this. Right? I love that guy. Or when she goes down on the balloon, and then the balloon turns yep. to the camera and smiles. You just couldn't do that today. And that woman that gets like slapped, remember everybody was lining up because she was hysterical. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, with the they got the wrench and the Yeah, yeah. And, there, and there's a whole line of guys lined up to smack her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't make that today. I mean, how could you even come close to doing that? And that's a, I mean, that's an American classic. Or Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You I don't know, think I ever saw that you one. You don't think you ever saw Actually. that? Yeah. I, it, it's a great movie. I know movie. it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a great movie. It's um although I will say that it's hysterical when you're like 16 or 18. It directed, however, it was directed by a woman. Uh, it was one of the first major movies to be directed by a woman. Um, but when you're like 30 or 40 our age, it's shockingly depressing when you, you put this like realistic, real life lens on this movie. Because, you know, lots of comedy is hardship. You're, you're laughing at things that are, you know, kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. And. I guess you, you've got to balance how terrible do you make it before you move away from being comedy, away from being funny to being sad. And that movie, I got to admit, later on in life, it's sad more than it's funny. But 
Revenge of the Nerds. Sure. Yeah. Um, as peeping, uh, spying on girls in the in the locker room. That's not going to work. Yeah. What was that? Or is that Porky's? Or is that Revenge of the Nerds too? Uh, they might have. Maybe they both did it. I think they both did it. I definitely Porky. Yeah. You couldn't. Obviously, you couldn't make Porky's. I God, I forgot about Porky's. Yes, you could not make Porky's today. Um. But remember, what was the line? We've got Bush. Right. Exactly. Wasn't so so much wool you could knit a sweater. <laughs> that was a funny movie. Um, yeah. You know, Soul Man. Remember that? Soul um, See Thomas Howell dresses in blackface because he couldn't get into college as a white guy. So oh, he geez. goes undercover. I think even then, I think everybody was like, wait a minute, we're not sure we can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even in 1985 wow. or whatever, people were like, wait a minute, this might be a bad idea. Um, and is, it, is it because of PC or just have we, do they make wacky movies anymore? Like th- that are that funny? Am, am I just out of touch? Are there are these movies being made and I'm just not seeing them? I I don't know. I mean, I don't see comedy any. I think comedy is dead. I, I don't think we're allowed to laugh at seems anything like, yeah. anymore. It definitely seems like that. And you know, when they do make a comedy, you know, like the Ghostbusters, 2016. Was, are you sure that was a comedy? It nobody believes that it was a comedy, but it was intended yeah. to be funny. That I mean, was, that was. It, did you see it? I, I've I've seen so many uh, videos about it where they show clips. I feel like I've seen enough of it. I was able to get. But through, no, I didn't see it. Okay, I got through about half of it, and there was a queef joke within like four minutes of the movie starting, or ten minutes of the movie starting, very early on, very still in the setup phase of the movie. There's like this queef joke, and I just remember I'm like I feel unclean. This is just awful i'm i'm done I, I made it through about half the movie and then i'm like i just can't i just can't take this anymore it's, um, it's, it's a slap in the face to to those of us who you know saw ghostbusters and loved it um it was almost like, like a generation defining movie that was just, it's, it was a great movie yeah yeah it genuinely was it fired on all cylinders it was just uh it really worked well what was that melissa Mac- melissa mccarthy movie bridesmaids um uh, I, it didn't do much for me, but I, I know people that think that that was a laugh out loud movie. It didn't do much for me either, but yeah, it uh, it definitely rang a lot of bells for people. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the movie with the girl singers, the the, the like acapella singers in, oh, a, in a competition. Oh. What is Anna that? Kendrick or whatever her name? Yes, is? that's now her. I can't think of the name. Yeah, of course. I can't. I can't think of the movie now though. I just, but yeah, I know. What you're I just about. ruined it for you. I'm sorry. What is it? What's the name of the movie? I, I'm looking it up. I, I can't handle that. Uh, yeah, I can't handle Pitch Perfect. There you go. Pitch Perfect. And and that was sort of, that was funny. That was a comedy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just seems like I can't think of a, a modern comedy that was really laugh out loud funny to me. You have to be, um, you have to be willing to offend, I think. And I think that's, a necessary element for good comedy and no one's willing to do that right now. No. So, so what you're left with is a queef joke because queef isn't going to offend anyone. It's just kind of, I mean, it, it might offend your sensibilities, but it, but it's, but it's in no danger of actually offending someone. And that's all you're, that's all you're left with. And it's just, that's just not funny. It, it's not. And a, a woman making a joke for other women. If, if I'm offended by that, they don't care. You know, it's one of those yeah. things where, oh no, that 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 joke automatically gets a pass. 
but you, you do something like the dirt, you know, the Motley Crue thing, and oh my God, that's terrible. Um, right. So it's, it's, you know, they, they did a PC Robin Hood last year. Or maybe oh, there's like the Black Robin Hood or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he was white, but um, he had a, a black guy teacher, you know, mentor. Oh. And it was okay. terrible. Or, or the Wrinkle in Time. Oh, that was the super woke. Yeah. yeah that is un watchable. And you know, the thing about Oprah is that she's smart, she's good, she knows the business. She should have known that she was making something terrible. And I don't know if it's because she drank the Kool-Aid or she was just saying, "Hey, I'm just going to make this crazy movie." Yeah, or it could be like a Lucas syndrome where there's no one around her to to tell her when she's, you know, uh, making a disaster. That uh, maybe and, you know, the funny thing is, is that I loved that book as a kid. So I was really excited when they were making it. And then I heard Disney was making it. And I was like, yes, if anybody could make that movie and make it right, it's Disney. Disney could pull this crazy universal weirdness off because it's a it's an absolutely insane book. Um, but then, I remember when I was excited that Disney bought Star Wars because I was like, finally, it's out of Lucas's hands and they can make a decent you know, they, this it's it's in the hands of people who can make a good movie, and then they fucked it up repeatedly, yeah. and, over and over and over again. And then there were a couple of good ones, but far more bad ones than good ones. I mean, they weren't they weren't prequel level bad. They weren't you know I hate sand bad, but they were they weren't what we all thought they should be. Right. No, they were they were bad. Well, and the last one was just the last one was akin, I think, to. It's the Ghostbusters movie where it yeah. was just it was all about women power and stuff and it, it wasn't it didn't have the heart or the soul of a Star Wars movie it, it was just you know let's see how many lessons we can teach our audience yeah and and just I'm not there to be told how woke or not woke I am tell me a mm-hmm. cool story about somebody triumphing over adversity but they can't be super awesome from minute one in fact I'll yeah, give you an example right. my, my son was like hey I'm playing this great game Okay, cool. And he's like, and I put the cheat codes in and I was kicking butt and then I realized it wouldn't let me save. So you can only play the game for a few minutes with cheat codes and you can you always have to go back to the beginning. So now he's like, well, now I'm not playing with cheat codes anymore. So, you know, I have to actually play the game. Right. And, well, that's and good. all of these movies that come out and Star Wars is a great example. It feels like, you know, she, Ray's got, you know, she's playing with cheat codes. Hey, I've I've never been off my crappy little sand planet, but I'm gonna fly a spaceship and kick a Jedi's ass in week one. It's almost like they're scared to have a female character who's who's weak or shows any weakness, or has to or, learn or, or anything. To, yes, exactly, has to grow because in order to grow, you've got to be, you know, at some low point. And, and God forbid we have a female character who's you know has a low point or has a character flaw. Yeah, and you know gets her ass kicked, you know, for the first movie. Now maybe she comes back and redeems herself a little bit in the second movie. But she gets her ass kicked in the first movie. Well, you can't have that. Yeah, no, she's she's winning from the start. So I isn't just, that the isn't that Captain Marvel too? That one did well though. No, Captain Marvel made bank. Um, and I don't know if it's just riding the the Marvel wave. Um, but it it did. It made a lot of money. Uh, I didn't see it. I not that I refuse to see it. It's just I'm kind of done with the the comic book industry. Yeah. Or the comic book I was, movies. I was kind of entertained by Wonder Woman. I don't know if it was because uh, that actress is so drop dead gorgeous, but uh, I mean that was it wasn't a bad movie. It, 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 her, I was disappointed in the plot um, 
choice that she's that she's literally a goddess at the end, which takes away all the tension because you know nothing bad could ever happen to her. Right. But other than that, it was somewhat entertaining. Yeah, other than the kind of the CGI mess that it turned into in the end, I liked her. I liked Chris Pine. I thought they had great chemistry together. I liked yeah. how they made her kind of not vulnerable, but she she didn't know what she was doing. She had an yes, idea. Right. She was driven. So it's there was not, an arc. There was an arc. <laughs> yes. And I I enjoyed that. And I enjoy. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say, what is Daisy Ridley's arc? I don't know what her arc is. There's no arc. Nothing. They just they just screwed it up. And and they had a good chance with her. Um because the first movie wasn't great, but it could have been redeemed in the second. I, I think they, they could have learned a lot of lessons and they just chose not to. They chose to be super woke instead. Yeah. Um now I'm hopeful in the th- I I actually think the trailer for the third movie looks great. And I, I I'm hopeful that J.J. Abrams, the guy that can never end anything, whose premises are awesome, but who screws up every ending ever. I'm hoping he can do this ending, although there's absolutely zero evidence to suggest that's going to happen. I'll go see it. I'll go see it. I figured I've, I've, I'm in this far. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, I think I saw all three prequels in the theater, too. I did. God, God bless me. I even went to see the movie Wing Commander, if you remember that. Uh, because, I remember you playing that in high school. I played the video game. The video game yeah. um, with the kill Rathi. I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the video game when I was a kid. But they made a movie, and the movie was terrible. Basically, they tried to make Das Boot in space. They tried to make it a really? submarine movie, like this oh. heavy submarine movie in space, which sounds okay until you put Freddie Prinze Jr. in it. <laughs> and or Freddie Prince Jr. and, and he kind of sucked, but um, it, it was one of those things where in front of that movie, they had um, the Star Wars trailer, and this is before YouTube. You know, there was a time before YouTube when the oh, only right. place to see trailers was in front of movies. Yeah, there so, were people who would buy tickets to a movie just to see the trailer. So I went to see Wing Commander to see the trailer for Star Wars, and then you know because it's over in a, a minute. I paid to go see Wing Commander again. <laughs> yeah. So I was, well, I was, I mean, I like doubled the income of Wing Commander. It's, it's probably hard to overstate how, how big of a deal it was when the, when the prequels were announced before we saw, you know, what a shit show it was. Right. Um, how excited we were. All of us, I think, uh, all of us, certainly all of us Gen Xers, were that there was going to be another Star Wars movie. Because I mean, that there's nothing uh, that defined our childhood in terms of you know movies than Star Wars. I think that's it's just it's it's almost unfathomable. I, I can't think of a parallel today. No, I I don't think the only thing I can think of would be maybe like a Beatles kind of thing, or 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 something. I. I You'd have to, it's, it's that kind of level. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, why were we disappointed? But I was just at Disney and, you know, Disney does a pretty Disney, whichever the one in Florida is, um, world land. Crevice, world. Telling world, you it's world, world, Disney world. Um, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Um, I, the star Wars stuff was really well done. It wasn't overpowering. And, I thought they did a great and appropriate job with it there. Now, and, and the Star Wars land hasn't even opened up yet. 
When is that opening? Do you know? Um, next next September maybe. Mm. It's they were building it. I could see a sh- I could see part into at one point into there, and I could see they were building it. It looks pretty awesome, and I'm excited about it. Even though it'll probably be you know five years before I can go again, because it's so you think you think it might be not this coming September, but the September after that. Um, no, I think it might be this September. Hmm. Although I did. I, t- I, Sorry, go ahead. I got to bring the family back. No, no, I, I got to bring the family back, and I was thinking, probably not this year, but, but probably next year we'll do it. I was talking to a guy in the Star Wars area because um, we had like we had these special passes that if you had the Disney credit card, you could go get special pictures, and one of the pictures happened to be a Star Wars picture. So I was talking to this guy that worked there as he we were queuing up to get a Star Wars picture, and he said it would be two years before kind of like regular people could get access that it wasn't like you know pre-sold on special packages you know because there are premium packages and he said it was going to be so booked he said it might be two years till you could just like walk up and get in line and expect to get in in a reasonable amount of time wow okay internally that's what they were planning on now who knows maybe that was bullshit but it was pretty amazing that was before solo flopped well, actually, Solo had flopped at that point and flopped hard. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's a great example of, you know, studios are afraid to do anything daring. And, and it's because, God forbid, you do one thing that could be slightly offensive. And then all right. the Twitter video or all the Twitter comments start and then all the YouTube videos start. I mean, I've, I've got to admit, as much as I love YouTube, I think YouTube is, is such a big part of the offense industry, the, mm-hmm. the industry of being offended all the time, because you know, they make money off of that. But Twitter, I mean, Twitter's, Twitter, Tumblr, those, things, those places are just offense machines, it seems like. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of where kind of PC's gotten out of control, is the younger generation that nobody should listen to have said, hey, we can go right. on Twitter and we can reach out to these media markets and skip all the middleman. It's not me writing a letter anymore and then it gets to them a week later and they get to decide what's going on. It's that Yeah, I- and you get you you get like street cred or you get PC SJW street cred if you, you know, if you can take someone down. Yeah, totally. And and because the media loves it, of course, because I mean, how many news articles are there now? That are just somebody going, hey, look, somebody was offended today. Please read these 20 treats from, tweets from celebrities talking about how offended they are. Yeah, and then or that or gets a lot of Look clicks. at this thing we found. Uh, look at this famous person did uh, 20 years ago that we just found out about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the guy that um, Chris Hart, Kevin Hart? Yeah, they, they found some, you know, he's a comedian. And they found some old tweets where he was making basically gay jokes. Yeah, it was and, funny. And, and it was funny. And then he basically, he didn't have to drop out of the Oscars uh, hosting the Academy Awards, but he did and didn't come back. He was like, screw this, thought, I'm out. Oh, I thought he got uninvited. Well, uh, initially he kind of got, he, I don't think he was quite uninvited, although who knows what happened behind the scenes. Uh, I think it was one of those things where he was like, hey, I'm a distraction, I'm going to step back which was probably him quietly getting fired, taking a few bucks to go away, you know, without having to officially be fired. But yeah. then a lot of people went, wait a minute, this is not really reasonable. And like Ellen really tried to get him to come back and host it. And a bunch of people did. And he was like, no, screw you guys. I'm not doing it. Eh, I don't blame him. 
I don't blame him either. Hard to be a, it's got to be hard to be a comedian these days. I, I just don't uh, know how you do it. And, yeah. and, you know, it started, though, and it was funny because maybe I, you and I talked about it at the time, but maybe we didn't see how it was just going to become this forest fire because Jerry Seinfeld said, you can't play college campuses anymore. Nobody knows yeah. what funny is. You can't be funny there. And um, that, to me, was the point where I kind of realized something had changed. And, of course, it's gotten out of control since then. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to, so it's got to change. It's got, it can't be like this forever, well, one what, would think. Well, what stops it? What stops PC-ism? Or, you know, what, yeah. what is the turning point where people go, wait, we've gone around the bend, we're out? You know, de Blasio, for example, the, the mayor of New York City, just announced that he's changing the building code so that you can no longer make steel and glass um, high-rises anymore. You know, it's, and it's, it's this Uber PC go woke because of their carbon footprint and stuff like that. And is that when, you know, the people of New York go, wait a minute, we're New York. What we do right. is skyscrapers. We're the greatest city in the world. No, that's that's not acceptable anymore. We're not going to be having you know wooden shacks and campfires. Uh, yeah, I, you would think. I don't know if it if there's a triggering event or just you know this the the, the current generation of kids um, you know grows out of it and it's not cool anymore. Um, I don't know if it's if it ends with a whimper or a bang, but but I I, I feel pretty confident that it's going to have to end eventually. We went through a similar thing in the '90s, not this bad, but it ended eventually. It did end, and and like the only person that seems invulnerable to it is Trump. Yeah, that's true. How he gets he, away with it is just beyond me. He gets his, he gets strength from it somehow. Yeah. Um. Wasn't there like a an anti Superman who got strength from Kryptonite? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's exact, that exact kind of thing. That's exactly what it feels like. He sometimes. feeds off your hatred. <laughs> you realize we're talking about the president of the United States. <laughs> yes. He feeds off your hatred. It's like we have elected Cthulhu after all. I, mean, I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say that he's a pretty unique president. You know, in, in, in a job that probably requires special people. He is special. He's pretty special. Yeah, he's, 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 he's special. All right. Well, I don't know if we can beat this dead horse anymore, which actually, you know, uh, PETA came out and said you shouldn't call it beating a dead horse anymore. And you shouldn't say two birds in the hand or one in the bush or something like that. Two hands in the bush? What? <laughs> I, I tried that. She got mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's only when you really love someone. <laughs> I'm afraid the jokes are about to get bad. But, you know, no, no, no. PETA said beating a dead horse, you can no longer say that. I'm Maybe not making this PETA up. PETA gets, gets disbanded. That's when this PC era will end. Yeah, and you can't say take the bull by the horns anymore. Oh, kill two birds with one stone. That was what you can't say anymore. Oh, fortunately, I don't take my language cues from PETA. Yes. Or, no. any, or any other cues. Instead of beat a dead horse, you're supposed to say feed a fed horse. <laughs> Right, that actually kind of makes sense. Or, or instead of bring home the bacon, you're supposed to say bring home the bagels. Bring home the bagels. I'm not. Or like be a guinea pig, be a test tube. All right, that's stupid. The best one was feed feed a fed horse. Feed a, it actually that that works. Yeah, it, it 
it yeah, says this. It makes the same point. Yes, it it, it does, but without being abusive. <laughs> because what you said was a microaggression against animals. Oh my god! I yeah. hate PETA. I hate PETA so much. Yeah, I just don't. It's wanna... actually kind of fashionable to dislike PETA. Even on Reddit, who's super liberal, they hate PETA too. Yeah, I. I... And, and maybe this is the kind of thing that makes people go, hey, PC culture, fuck you guys. We're out. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take something. We'll see. It's, it's can't, I, I remain confident that it's going to end. I don't know when, but, but we're in a crazy world right now. Everything seems so crazy. From, from jazz, uh, you know, the girl who's a boy, or the boy oh, who's a girl. I'm like, what is this, the 1920s? I can't, <laughs> we're bitching about jazz? There's fucking kids. Their jazz music and their reefer. <laughs> I am jazz or something. I yes, mean, it's, no, it's that's mental. And we're illness. also pretend this is normal, and the world is just crazy right now, and it's going to get better. I no, hope that's child abuse. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Those yeah. kids in their reefer, those, those damn kids in their hormone blockers. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be putting that in the water soon. <sighs> there is a war on testosterone. That's for sure. Well, I, I and we will save that for an upcoming episode. Of the Running in Place podcast, the Gen X take on a millennial world. My name is Jack Rolf, and with me tonight is Craig Shepard. Hey, and we want to thank everybody for being here tonight, and we appreciate it, and we'll be back again real soon. <laughs>